Mark Gasol traded to Toronto. Eastern Conference rival Milwaukee picked up Nikola Mirotic. And last year's overall number one draft pick, Markel Fultz, was mercifully traded out of Philadelphia to Orlando. The trade deadline has come and gone. NBA Twitter never sleeps. NBA GMs never sleep, apparently. Woj never sleeps, and neither do we. It wasn't as crazy in terms of big names moving, but there were lots of moves that could mean big names moving in free agency. Maybe a new team hosting a trophy, at least in the East. And the Raptors are still in that conversation. I'm Donovan Bennett. This is Free Association. The conversation on deadline day was about their trade for Marcus Gasol from the Grizzlies, giving up CJ Miles. The PJs are gone. Jonas Valanciunas, another GoDaddy man, gone. DeLon Wright as well. And also 2024 second round pick, which basically means nothing. We got to break all of that down. But even before we got to deadline day, KD snapping back at the media. And he's not someone who's going to be traded on deadline day. He's worried about free agency and what that means. LeBron is talking real reckless on IG. Not stories this time talking about Kyrie. Talking about the treatment of Harrison Barnes. Even though half of LeBron's team was in trade rumors because he wanted to play with AD. And everyone wants to watch James Harden. I don't know if they want to play with him because he is hogging the basketball, but he's doing it at an alarmingly efficient rate, continuing to score. Tyler Ennis's man has that production, making his prognostication that Harden's the best scorer ever look pretty smart. Tyler Ennis is pretty smart, so we shouldn't be surprised. Let's have him break down everything that happened on deadline day and beyond and pour a sip out our man Moose, Greg Monroe traded to Brooklyn for cash considerations. That's dirty. This is Free Association. Somebody poked the Raptors with the stick. They're not doing anything. Donovan Bennett joining us as we are whoa. just... Whoa, 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 Oh, here we go. Yes. Yes. Here we go. All right. Now we're talking. Yes. According to Adrian Wojnarowski, the Raptors are close to acquiring Marcus Gasol from the Memphis Grizzlies in exchange for Jonas Valanciunas, DeLon Wright, CJ Miles, and a second round pick in 2024. Gasol can shoot. He can pass. He's a good defender. He is 34, so he's got some miles on him, but he is still really, really good. It's a big time move for Bobby Webster and Masai Ujiri. They don't have to trade a first round pick. What a day it has been. What a week it has been. The deadline has come and gone. Deadline day wasn't as crazy as I thought, as the big fish didn't really move, but it's been steady. Donovan Bennett here with Tyler Ennis. Man, how do you, as a player, both when you were in the league and now, how do you consume all of this stuff going on? You know, it's funny. We all follow Woj essentially really yeah I mean uh, I've been traded a few times and out of the three times I've been traded twice I've been found out through Insta, uh, Twitter and you know having Woj notifications and shams and all those guys who kind of get the scoop and announce it before you're even able to talk to the GM or president about what's what happened so do you feel some type of way about seeing it on a timeline that like your life is literally moving yeah I mean I think with the time in, you know, the age and time we're in now where social media kind of runs, you know, the NBA in a sense is that that's the way everybody finds out unless it's a, a trade where 
with DeMar DeRozan or an example like that where the GM has to give you a call because it's unexpected where for the most part I, I had an idea or I, or I wanted to get traded you know for mm-hmm. I'd say one or two of the times that I did get traded so yeah I think it would be better I think it's you know more professional to get a call from your GM or yeah. president or even your agent but you know things leak so fast in the NBA I think Woj and, and these guys who specialize in leaking uh, news and trades and everything like that they get it so fast that the agents aren't even called yet I just can't imagine like scrolling on my timeline, being at home, sitting on my Shays lounge or something. And then it's like Donovan Bennett and a future intern <laughs> and a microphone have been traded to, you know, CHCH for Justin Dunk or something like that. You know what I mean? Like I just couldn't fathom that happening, but I mean, I also couldn't fathom making millions of dollars to play a sport. So I guess part of it comes with it, but still the human emotion of it, it's got to be pretty raw. Right. That you're literally like, I know we talk about players as assets, but you're lit. You are literally cattle when someone is just moving you and you find out on the internet. For sure. I think that the fact that we call, you know, the players assets at this point, you know, out in the open is kind of like, you know, absurd to me, but that's the business of it. That's, you know, I've heard uh, Daryl Morey talk about collecting assets, where he's talking about collecting, you know, the best players that he can so he could trade them for a superstar. You know, that's what he does, and that's what every team does. And my first trade was we were uh, on the way to Minnesota. We were on the team bus, and, you know, the deadline was at 1 or 2 o'clock because we were on Phoenix time. And, you know, they actually held the bus up because they had a situation where guys fly, they, they find out in the air and have to get on a flight and, and fly back. So, like, we're going to hold the bus up. And <laughs> I think six of us ended up getting traded. So we all just hopped off the bus, said our goodbyes, and, you know, I think it's always better when you meet with the president and, you know, they're able to thank you in person. But my trade from Houston, I kind of got a, a call that I missed because obviously everyone that you've ever met is hitting you up about this trade. And, right. and it was kind of like a, a, a voicemail, which I kind of took that to heart. Like, you know, a voicemail, I kind of put, gave my all for you guys, even though I wasn't there too long. But uh, he ended up calling back and kind of gave me some time to settle in and, and get everything settled. But uh, if we did leave it at a voicemail, I would have been, uh, I would have felt pretty disrespected, I'd say. I don't even know if I would have listened. I would, I would have let like, the <laughs> iPhone transcribe it and I would have read it, but I wouldn't even given them the time of day to listen. It's funny because you mentioned Houston and Daryl Morey talking about players as assets. And I mean, it's like they're stocks and bonds and you're just moving them in and out of your right. account. But you forget about the human side, the emotion. Harrison Barnes, a guy who signed in Dallas as a free agent, they were gassing him up. Oh, what your old team, the Warriors, they don't want you. They got KD. You yeah. Come over here. We're going to start a new crew. Played there. Played, you know, pretty well for them there, but things didn't work out from a team perspective. They decided to move on and, and reset their window with KP and Porzingis and obviously Luca. And so he, from an age standpoint, doesn't fit that. So they move him and move his salary. But they did it mid game. Right. <laughs> My guy started the game for the Mavericks. Then he's just on the bench. I suppose, contemplating his future. Right. Uh, This is being reported, folks, from Bleacher Report. Reportedly, Harrison Barnes, mid-game, is being traded to Sacramento for Justin Jackson and Zach Randolph. That's reportedly. How did you perceive that? LeBron uh, Instagrammed about it. But what was your reaction when you saw that? When the trade came through, because obviously I have the no notifications on, uh... I flipped and was like, is Dallas still playing? Is this game over? So I obviously looking for him on the bench and he's sitting there and obviously I'm assuming, you know, the people behind the bench always have their phones and let him know, like, you know, you, you're going to Sacramento. But apparently him and his agent, well, we have the same agent, Jeff Schwartz. We, uh, I think they found out before the game that it was kind of going to happen in the next few hours and he decided that he was going to go out and play as opposed to 
sitting in the back and making kind of a mockery of himself if if nothing happens. So right. I think it is messed up. I don't think it changes anything waiting an hour to announce this news. So, you yeah. know, I think if you're able to kind of tell him in person as opposed to finding out and sitting in front of the world, you know, kind of <laughs> thinking about what you're going to pack and, you know, moving your family across the country, I think that's something that I think the owners and GMs are able to do. And I think it's kind of at the point they really don't care. I wouldn't have sat there for the rest of the game. I think I would have gotten up as well. Yeah, I would have been like, deuces, <laughs> peace. I don't care about your your out of timeout plays anymore. Right. I, don't, I don't need to. I don't really care about what happens in this game anymore. Right. To be honest, so why am I sitting here? And the thing is, you know, even if you know people around the, the bench have phones and you know they could have let him know, maybe they did, maybe they didn't. People in the arena certainly knew. Mm-hmm. The broadcast crew knew because they they were talking about it. Yeah. And when you see a scene like. The Lakers getting dealt with in Indiana and Brandon Ingram's going to the free throw line and fans are chanting, LeBron doesn't want you. Right. LeBron's going to trade you. Foul by Bogdanovich. Two more free throws coming to Brandon Ingram. Brandon had high game for the Lakers at Golden State. Was 9 for 21 from the field. Previous four before that, remember when he was on that ridiculous tear, shot 70% during those four games. He has averaged 22 over the last seven, so it's been a nice run for him offensively. And then when JaVale McGee <laughs> goes to the free throw line, they're chanting that they can't trade him, yeah. that nobody wants him. JaVale McGee averaging 11.7 rebounds, played in Golden State last year and won a ring. They just presented it to him at the game LeBron James didn't play because uh, McGee didn't Man, like fans are so cold-blooded. So for that alone, I would want to take Harrison Barnes out of that situation. Let him like limp off and pretend he has an injury and go to the back and then kind of collect himself. Right. Um, I thought that was cold. That was dirty. And, you know, you guys break up a huddle. People say team. People say family. Mm -hmm. All of these buzzwords and people want you to sacrifice for the greater good of the team and the franchise and the, the program. People want you to to leave your guy and stop the ball in, in transition or to, to help down low and, and help box out someone else. They want you to make all these personal sacrifices, but then they don't want you to take it personal when, when you get traded. I think right. organizations can't have it both ways. There Absolutely. has to be a, a bit of a give and take and a balance there. Yeah, We had a lot of trades go down. I'll, I'll recap them real quick before we get into what the team in this country did. 76ers trade Markel Fultz to the Magic. So basically the process is over. The Mm -hmm. Sixers are going all in. Simmons and a first round pick via OKC and a second round pick is what the cost was. The Bucks get Miritich from the Pelicans who had a for sale sign for everybody but AD. Uh, That was a three player deal. The Bucks get some shooting at the four. The Pelicans get Jason Smith, Stanley Johnson, which is basically nothing. 2009 second round pick. Washington's 20 and 20 one second round pick in Milwaukee's 2020 second round pick. So a lot of pick capital. Um, the Piston gets Thaw Maker, a guy who played high school in Canada. So he gets to to get a new lease on life as he was out of the rotation in Milwaukee. Rockets trade James Ennis to 76ers. The Rockets get a future second round, uh, the ability to swap. So really the Rockets are doing that to clean up their books, get that luxury tax number a bit down, and maybe they'll be a, a buyout candidate and we'll spend some money there. Markeith Morris from the Wizards to the Pelicans and Wesley Johnson comes back. 
the Kings, as we mentioned, get Harrison Barnes, and I like that for the Kings, who were mm-hmm. all in on making sure they keep that playoff spot. Right. Zach Randolph wasn't playing for them and could be a buyout candidate, and Justin Jackson, a young player from UNC, go to Dallas. A move I like is the Kings send Shumpert to the Rockets in a three-team deal with Stauskas, who was traded three times in the last four days with Wade Baldwin. Uh, Cleveland gets Brandon Knight and Marquise Chris and a, a lottery protected first in 2019. The Bucks get Alec Burke, so they get another big and a second round pick. Shump, who's guy who's been to the finals, has had to guard tough players in the playoffs. I think he helps uh, the Rockets on the wing. He's right. not Ariza, he's not Mbamute, but he's kind of a no-frill version of yeah. those guys. Yeah. And Chris Paul likes playing with him, which is important. The for sale signs also up in Washington is Otto Porter goes to the Bulls. Wizards get Jabari Parker and Bobby Portis back. I like actually Portis, and he's a bit younger, so if mm-hmm. they try and revamp things, he kind of fits in that window. They also get a 2023 20, second-round pick. The Heat agree to trade Tyler Johnson to the Suns. Wayne Ellington always also goes to the Suns, and he's a buyout guy who maybe the Raptors might take a look at if he got right. bought out. Miami Heat get Ryan Anderson, so that tough contract is continued to get passed around. Mm-hmm. And then the big one, Tobias, Boban, and Mike Scott to the Sixers. The Clippers get Shamit, Wilson Chandler, Muscala. And most importantly, they get a 2020 first-round pick, 2021 first-round pick, which is Miami's, which could be kind of high depending on what happens with the Heat after Wade retires. 221 second-round pick and a 2023 second-round pick. Of all of those moves, and we are going to tackle the Raptors' move in a minute, which one stands out to you where a team really increased the franchise projection on the deadline? Um, I definitely think the East teams. I think Milwaukee getting Miritich gives them a, a another weapon that they could use in the playoffs. I think um, the Shumpert move is good. I think they, they were kind of struggling playing a bunch of guys and kind of figuring out, you know, from Gary Clark to Daniel House to a bunch of guys kind of just to fit in, you know, with injuries and whatnot. But I think Shumpert gives them, obviously, playoff experience, gives them somebody else. A guy who used to play point guard in college, I think it, it helps. I think... They need a lot more ball handlers and, you know, now they have Rivers, they have Gordon, obviously the, the two main ones, Chris Paul and James. So I think having Shumpert, a defensive guy who could, uh, you know, make plays when you need him to, I think is a, a big addition for them. Is Mark Gasol a big addition? Is the Gasolina era in Toronto a big addition? Get, bring some grit and grind to the six. Grizzlies and, and Raptors were rumored to make a trade. It was mm-hmm. rumored to be a point guard in the center, two guys in Gasol and Conley coming to Toronto for point guard center in Lowry and Valanciunas. That didn't happen. In fact, Conley didn't get moved. The deal was Gasol for JV, DeLon Wright, CJ Miles. So those are two, two seasons of GoDaddy commercials gone. 2024 second round pick. Do you like the move for the Raptors? I like it simply because with Kawhi being here and the whole thing we've talked about where I think the Raptors have to get as far as they can in the playoffs and they're in a, a, a win now mode. And obviously there's some young pieces and some guys they drafted, but I think adding Mark Gasol gives them, you know, a guy who was at once a top center in the league, a guy who's going to be a free agent. And, you know, it kind of gives them some flexibility, get, gets rid of a uh, JV's contract and gets rid of DeLon, a guy who's a big part of their bench, but also is going to be a free agent. And I, I can't see them, shelling out a lot of money for a guy who's the backup to slash, you know, the third point guard. So, you know, I just think it's um, a, a good move, you know, for the Raptors to win now and, and kind of be all in for, 
you know, the playoffs, but also show Kawhi that they're trying to win right now. And they have a bunch of pieces other than Lowry and himself and, and guys that are all-star slash superstars in the league. I'm a bit mixed on it. And here's why. And I, and I wanted the Lowry portion of it to happen. Not that I wanted them to move Lowry, but I think Conley's a bit younger. He's a bit healthier right now, although he's had his own health issues throughout his career. But I thought that would have given them some security. Because I think, I mean, we can go all in as much as we want. If Kyle Lowry's back is not right and he's not healthy in the playoffs, none of this matters. Right. And now that you've moved DeLon Wright, it's a lot of pressure on Fred Van Bleet, right. who also has a back injury. Mm-hmm. So you got your, your entire point guard rotation <laughs> bad backs. has bad backs, right? <laughs> and we're and we're February 7th, and we're trying to play till June 7th. Here's why I like it. it hurts me to say this because I like him as a guy, but getting up from under the three-year deal that you signed to, with C.J. Miles at... 25 mil, mm-hmm. a guy who's going to have an option for that deal in, in 2020. Normally, you have to pay people to take your bad contracts. You have right. to give up a pick to take them. That's what the Raptors had to do with the Damari Carroll contract. Mm-hmm. Signing threes that shoot threes has not been good to this franchise. So the fact that you were able to get underneath that contract, I like that. What I don't like is it's not fantasy basketball. These guys are going to have to be able to play together. And if I look at the Raptors roster two of their top four players play the same position and surge and gasol in fact to me they all they played the same way centers that like to uh, step out and, and shoot the three-point shot that'll give you some rim protection but they'll be both be great in the pick and roll but it's not as if you can play them together yeah like you could with jv who's you know he's going to operate on that low block mm-hmm. he's not going to really be as comfortable venturing away from the basket so you could play high-low with them. I, I don't see Ibaka and Gasol really playing effectively together. Ibaka at the four wasn't as good as Ibaka at the five this year. Mm-hmm. When you're top four players, two of them can't play together. So I think in with Ibaka in the second unit, assuming Gasol starts, mm-hmm. he's playing with diminished players. He's got less spacing around him because the wings he's playing with are OG and Norm, not Kawhi and Danny Green. Mm-hmm. The pocket passes on the pick and roll are coming from Fred, not coming from Kyle. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's now a diminished player in a way. So I'm not sure in the aggregate if you've got that much better, even though Gasol in isolation is an upgrade to JV. But I don't even know at this point of his career how much of an upgrade Gasol is because Gasol is a descending asset. JV is an improving one. JV has been really efficient in short minutes this year. On top of that, you gave up DeLon, who ha- hasn't had his best year, but is still an asset that you mm-hmm. could have used in another trade. Still a young, interesting player. I just thought for what the return is and the ceiling could be, the cost was high. It was JV straight up for Gasol, okay, and then I can get that. And you can make an argument of who's been the better player so far this year. But Gasol for JV and DeLon and CJ and the pick, to me that's a lot. And so with those extra roster spots, I'm reserving judgment because I want to see what they do on the buyout market. For sure. Because if you sign a couple guys on the buyout market with those extra roster spots and that extra money, you go and you get a Wayne Ellington. Mm -hmm. You go and you get a a Lou Williams or even a Nick Stauskas. And so you fill in those other spots. Well, then, then actually, really... The trade is Gasol and whoever you get whoever in the buyout market right. for those guys. And that changes the complexion of it a little bit. So that's why I'm 
I'm still reserving judgment, but for me right now, it's like, meh. it's like, we don't believe you. You need more people. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I need to see a little bit more. I love that they were aggressive, that they did something. And once the Bucks said, okay, we're going to get more three-point shooting mm-hmm. around Giannis. Yep. And once the 76ers said, okay, we don't even want it to be an argument who has the best starting five. We are going to get Tobias Harris, who's averaging 21, yep. who would have been an all-star in the East, just missed out in the West. And he actually fits the one weakness we have in our starting lineup. It gives us some three-point shooting, can play the four, can play the three. That perfect fits for their teams. Once those two moves happened, it was Elton Brand was kind of like, all right, well, check me. What are you doing, Danny Ainge? Yeah, what are you doing? What are you doing, Silent? <laughs> right. Let me see something. At that point, I was like, okay, they got to do something. They had to make a move, right. So we'll see. I, I want to see, again, who the bio people are and what the fit is. Do you think the Soul and, and Ibaka could play together? I think we'll have to see how it goes. I think obviously last year it didn't work too well with Valanciunas and and Serge playing together. I think it worked a lot better uh, moving Serge to the the center spot. But you know, I think it gives the Raptors a little bit more uh, flexibility in the sense that Gasol could play outside, and Valanciunas was a guy who was strictly low post. And I think uh, adding Gasol gives you another person to throw at if you run into Philly. Being such a good defensive player, I think being able to throw Gasol at Embiid as opposed to Valanciunas is a plus for the Raptors as well. But also gives you a guy who could make plays from the center spot, could pass the ball, could shoot the ball, and also a guy who's could potentially come off the books for the Raptors if they do need the money. So I think they did give up quite a bit, but I think they also got rid of uh, CJ Miles' contract, a guy who has, who hasn't played well, and Delon, who you know remains to be seen if they were going to uh, re-sign him this summer. So you know I'm for the move for the Raptors. I think Gasol is a big pickup. I think it takes them, you know, from a guy who. Uh, Valanciunas, who was coming off the bench, to a guy that Gasol, I think any player or any guy would rather play with Gasol and, and able to you know make plays for others as well. When we talked last week, I was pretty certain the Raptors are the best team in the East. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought they had the best starting five in the East. A week later, I'm not sure. Are they the best team in the East right now? I think the Raptors have a good thing going. I think you gave up a piece of your bench in DeLon and CJ and Valanciunas, um, but you also added a guy who... I'd say probably, what, two or three years ago was the defensive player of the year, a guy who's been an all-star, a guy who's, you know, was deservingly uh, given a max contract in Memphis. Um, so I think maybe we see a, a, a new Gasol with a new change of scenery, but I think Philly and Milwaukee really took steps forward, and I think the Raptors made this move to also take a step forward, but, you know, I think all of them have to make it work. I think Philly's had a little bit of rumblings that Jimmy Butler and Embiid weren't happy. So adding another guy who's a scorer and needs the ball, uh, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. And the next couple weeks in the NBA is going to be really interesting. And then obviously the playoffs are going to be really tough in the East for any team. If they traded for Beal or for AD, obviously I've been much more excited than meh, but I would have said that trade is specifically about Kawhi Leonard, showing mm-hmm. him we're serious. This is where you want to be long-term. The deal they made, I think, is actually about another wing guy. I think it's about OG Ananobi. I think this, to me, is saying there are no CJ Miles minutes. Our depth is gone. You're going to play in that second unit. DeLon is not going to play the two. You are a guy who's shooting 43 from the floor, 32 from three. It's better than what we got from CJ for the bulk of the time he was here. And also a guy that we didn't put in a trade, because right. they could have traded OG. He was someone who was rumored. Pascal has earned that distinction to be untouchable. Mm-hmm. OG hasn't yet but they said we still believe in you i think this was a vote of confidence for og because it 
clears the pathway for him to play more, depending on what happens in the buyout market. Mm-hmm. But also it says, okay, you know what? As much as we could have dangled you to help us now, we believe that you're going to help us now and in the future. In the future, yeah. I, I agree with that. I think uh, they really value OG. Obviously, a guy they drafted. You know, I think you still have wing depth. I think you still have Norman Powell. You still have Pat McCall, who's played in, in championships. And whoever else, I think, you know, you sign. I think they have, what, two or three, three or four ra- roster spots open. So, you know, you can do a lot with those. I think you, you're going to need also another uh, center trading away Monroe. You know, so they, I think they still have a lot of work to do to figure out that roster. But I think for the time being, they'll be good. And heading into the playoffs, you have a, a, a good mix of veterans, a good mix of young guys, and playoff experience as well throughout you know your whole rotation. Taping this on Thursday, Raptors play tonight. So they're 39 and 16. There are 25-ish games left, the 24 after tonight. So it's a sprint to the end of the regular season. And you're now integrating the soul on the fly. Smart player, high IQ, been around the, the game for a long time, shouldn't be too difficult but it'll be interesting to see how nurse decides to utilize him for this last stretch run of of the season what do you want to see from this team because for me it's just health right absolutely i think i want to see everybody on the court i think you have the games where the raptors look amazing you have the games where the raptors look terrible and you know i've always kind of put that under the the fact that they've had guys missing games you've had kyle miss games you've had Kawhi. And now adding in a new guy who's supposed to be, you know, a focal point of the offense, defense, and of the team in general, the Marcus Saul. I think it's going to be a interesting second half of the season for them in gaining chemistry and putting a new guy in, but also fixing the chemistry because Kawhi and, and Kyle haven't played that many games together. So it'll be uh, interesting. You might might take some dips, lose some games, but I think it, by the time they hit the playoffs, I think they'll be in a pretty good spot because almost every team in the East outside of Boston has, you know, added new pieces that is going to be important for them in the playoffs. Yeah, tonight was going to be just the second time, or the first time since November 2nd, second time all year, that Nick Nurse was going to have his entire roster available to him. Right. With JV coming back tonight, tough for JV. He's finally healthy, finally gets to play. The, the Raptors tweet out a meme saying he's back. Right. Next thing you know, he's packing his bags. So, again, because obviously Gasol is not going to be with them right away, Again, this is going to be a makeshift lineup, makeshift roster for the next little bit. And not only integrating Gasol, but obviously integrating whoever they get in the buyout market and when those guys come into town and and start to play. So his name hasn't really been mentioned in the coach of the year conversation, but I got to give shouts to Nick Nurse being just second back in the East, two games behind the Bucks with a roster that's had injuries to all of its important players other than Pascal Siakam. The roster that was basically meeting each other at the beginning of the season with integration of Green and Kawhi. He's done a great job. The other big news, obviously, was the lack of news in the West. AD is not traded. Clippers clearing a lot of space, mm-hmm. potentially for maybe AD, because he was on that short list, even though I don't believe that was ever really a thing. Potentially for Kevin Durant, who's clapping back at the media. Mm-hmm. Potentially for Kawhi Leonard. What happens with AD? Is it a trade in the offseason? Is it Boston coming back in? If you had to pick his landing spot, what would it be? I think it depends on Tatum, On obviously. I think uh, if you're able to grab Tatum from the Boston Celtics, I'm absolutely taking him and whatever else they're, they're willing to give from the Celtics. But I think obviously he ends up in Boston or LA. And I think 
it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Lakers having a bunch of young guys being rumored in in trade rumors for you know the last month or so or, or last few weeks so you've seen in Indiana where it does affect guys you know being mentioned in trade rumors and basically almost starting to pack your bags to, to leave and then now you're supposed to play your heart out for this team and organization where you know you're expendable for the right price and when you get older and you go through it a couple of years I think it's easy but you're dealing with a bunch of guys who are drafted to LA and all they know is you're going to play tonight you're going to play <laughs> a lot and basically you know we're going to live and die with what you do and now kind of being introduced to what the NBA really is outside of you know your rookie contract where anybody could get traded if you're not LeBron James and even still guys of Anthony Davis caliber are getting traded every year so It'll be interesting to see what happens with the Clippers, what happens with the Lakers this summer, and where AD ends up, because I do think he gets traded this summer. I think the Pelicans wanted this. I think they wanted the Lakers to continue to increase their offer, mention more and more names, basically tank the Lakers season, make Mm -hmm. them really feel it. Oh, really? You want to scheme with Rich Paul and basically undermine the fact that we have this guy signed for a while and put all the business in the street? giving Woj something to be a push alert on right. Tyler Ennis' phone? Okay, <laughs> guess what? You're going to feel it. We're, we're, there's going to be so much chaos in your franchise. We're, in fact, not going to trade, and we're not even going to answer your calls, Magic Johnson. You guys are going to have a terrible finish to your season. Hopefully, you don't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So that pick that eventually you're going to give to us is a bit better than if we Ooh. trade AD to you right now and you do make the playoffs. Right. So what? Right. you don't got a gun to my head if it's I'm Dell Demps. Why am I giving you him now? Right. So I think the Pelicans were taking one for all of the small markets. Said, no, we're not going to get played like that. And we're going to do this on our terms, on our timeline. Speaking of chaos, even though they've won 13 in the last 14, there's some in Golden State. Kevin Durant, who, I mean, at the best of times, things get messy with him and he gets a little emo and in his feelings about things. (laughs) As much as I love that he's authentic and real, Clap back at the media. First of all, didn't talk to the media for eight and a half days. Mm-hmm. And you know, as a player, you're somewhat mandated to, right, to talk, talk to, to the media. media. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm not doing it. When he finally does address them after their blowout win to the Spurs, he goes right at them, calling them out by name, Ethan Sherwood Strauss, for writing about the rumors around him leaving, going to New York, making a big deal about the fact that he hasn't talked since Porzingis was traded. You've obviously been around the noise for so long. Is it bothering you more this year? Is it louder this year? It's unnecessary. You got to do Ethan Strauss who come in here and <clears throat> just give his whole opinion on stuff and make it seem like it's coming from me. And he just walk around here, don't talk to nobody, just walk in here and survey and then write something like that. And now y'all piling on me because I don't want to talk to y'all about that. I have nothing to do with the Knicks. I don't know who traded Porzingis. They got nothing to do with me. I'm trying to play basketball. Y'all come here every day, ask me about free agency, ask my teammates, my coaches. You rile up the fans about it. Uh, Let us play basketball. That's all I'm saying. And now when I don't want to talk to y'all, it's a problem with me. Come on, man. Grow up. Grow up. Yeah, you. Grow up. Come on, bro. I come in and go to work every day. I don't cause no problems. I play the right way. I try to play the right way. I try to be the best player I can be every possession. What's the problem? What am I doing to y'all? You weren't talking. You weren't talking to media. So? Who are you? Why do I got to talk to you? Tell me. Is that going to help me do my job better? Do you agree with them? What was your perception of the way that played out 
with Katie and his relationship with the Bay Area media? Well, the first thing I thought about was with all the rumors of him going to New York, I think the last thing he wants to do is go and deal with New York media after not being able to handle media in Golden State. And obviously New York is, you know, rumored to be, I've never played in New York, but I know LA, you know, the media is very, very reckless when it comes to, to winning and losing games. But another thing, I think it's obviously, it's not in your contract that you're going to do media, but it's an unwritten rule that you talk to the media when you want to talk. But, you know, I'm, I'm also against, I'm on the side of, obviously being a professional athlete, but a lot of times things happen and people just say, you know, you signed up for this. And, you know, it it goes into regular life as well when, you know, you see guys, I think Larry Nance got, when he was uh, in LA at UCLA, a kid came up to him and apparently he'd been signing autographs for whatever, 20 minutes. And he walked away from a kid that was waiting for an autograph. And people always say, oh, you signed up for this. This is what being an NBA player is where in all actuality, you know, I could just be a regular kid who's amazing at basketball and I hate talking to the media. Kawhi Leonard, for an example. Mm-hmm. And KD, obviously, I think since he made that change to Golden State, has always had a thing out for the media and social media. And, you know, we see him every so often do something where, you know, he's kind of fighting back against that. But I think if he says, yo, for the next few days, I don't want to talk to the media. Something's going on personally. I don't want to deal with free agency stuff. I think he's allowed to. I just think it's you know, every so often, obviously, it's the media's job to talk to players and, and get insight and, and ask the questions that the, the fans and everybody wants to know. So I think it's a double-edged sword. I think either way you you look at it, both people are trying to just do their jobs. And I just think he's kind of fed up and, and wants to finish this season out and make his own decision without, you know, being swayed and talked about in the media. I'm going to cape for the media, for the journalists, because here, here's my beef. And I love KD. You can't have it both ways. Why was Golden State able to sign him in the first place? Because salary cap went up. Why'd the cap go up? Because the TV rights were through the roof. Right. Because the league was thriving and the media stakeholders, like Sportsnet, were thriving. And that number raised the boat, not just for the owners, but also for the players because they get a percentage of that pie through the CBA. So not only is he able to go to Golden State because of the media's interest, but he got broke off with a Brinks truck of money mm-hmm. to go there because of the media's interest. So then you can't say, I don't need the media. Well, actually, in fact, you do because you don't just love basketball. You just don't want to go play at some court at Venice right, Beach by yourself. Sure. You love playing at on the highest stage. You love walking in Serena with the Nike tech tuxedo <laughs> hoodie and pants, same color all the time. And Nike loves paying you to do it. And, and why? Because there are many cameras taking that photo. So you can't have it both ways because the media, in a way, although annoying, is paying your bills. You are For not sure. solely being paid because you, you can raise up from 25 feet and shoot a three-point shot. Because if you do that in isolation with nobody watching, it's not as valuable. So if I had to talk to people about every story that I wrote, or every podcast that I didn't break it down for them, would I be annoyed? Yes. If you paid me millions of dollars to do it, I would do it with a smile. <laughs> And the other thing is, listen, I get it. You don't want to talk about free agency right now. My guy, just say that. Mm-hmm. After you continue to give us the cliche answer, guess what? We're not going to ask because we have a limited amount of time with you and we want good answers. Right. So if you talk to the media and kept it, don't keep it 100, keep it 95. <laughs> just lie to us a little bit. Keep it cliche. <laughs> and then nobody will ask you. But when you ghost us mm-hmm. and we can't talk to you, well, what are we going to do? Not yeah, write a story? Then it becomes a bigger story than... You're than making it, it a story. Right. So that is my beef with Katie. But that's just what I think. You heard what Tyler thinks. Let us know what you think. Get at us online all the time. Before we go, make sure you like, make sure you subscribe, make sure you favorite. Um, that's the way that we can continue to do this. So make sure you show us love because we don't charge you for this. 
your guy Harden still on a streak of, of scoring right 20 plus 30 plus I'm surprised when he when he doesn't score 40 the streak continues any words for what your guy continues to do as much as <laughs> it's funny I obviously watching majority of the games I just think from watching the games and how effortless it's coming to him to score 30 points a game 40 points whatever he's averaging now I don't see him slowing down even with CP coming back I think he's still able to obviously get as many shots as he wants and, and he's making these shots I just think the one thing I think that will stop the streak is injury I don't think there's a specific team or any scheme that you're able to throw at him at this point where you're going to hold them to a mere 20 points in his comparing to what what he's scoring on teams so will Houston win I, I know Kobe talked about not being able to win playing that game I agree with Kobe in a sense I think when you're playing a team seven times you're able to kind of get a better feel rather than scouting for one day or off a of back-to-back and having to play hard in the next day so I, I don't think Houston will win the championship doing that I think the Cavs are able to win a championship with LeBron and Kyrie two of the best playmakers in the game I just think injuries will take over for the the Rockets as usual but I also think fatigue will set in you know having just two guys basically make all the plays True say. We shall see. Once again, your prediction is right. That's why you listen to Free Association. Listen, next week, maybe we'll be breaking down some buyout players. The Raptors always give us content to listen to. Thanks so much. This is Free Association with Don and Benton and Tyler Mendes.